Thanks for checking out our teaching from this week. Our hope is that it will encourage you to take the next step closer to finding and following Jesus. If you have been blessed by the ministry of Grace River and would like to worship by giving, you can do so online at graceriver.cc. That's graceriver.cc. Have an awesome day, and we will see you soon. Welcome to Grace River Church Online at Home. I'm so thankful that you've joined us here today. My name is Jacob, and I'm the Next Generations Pastor here at Grace River, and I get the opportunity to share with you what's been laid on my heart. Uh, my prayer for you today is that you'll be able to take that next step in your journey with Christ as a result. And so before we get started, uh, make sure that you let us know in the comments where you're watching. And if you're a first-time guest, make sure that you text the word FIRST to the number, to the number on the screen that you saw earlier. Uh, we'd love to connect with you, and we'd love to get to know you. And, um, and we'd also love to send you a $5 Starbucks gift card as a result. Today, we are doing a standalone sermon called, When God Says Go, You Can't Say No. We're going to look at somebody in Scripture who said no to God when God said to go. And it, and it ended up resulting in this person making multiple excuses. And as we go through, uh, as we go through this sermon today, I want you to uh, realize how much we are just like this person, right? But again, this person ended up uh, giving multiple excuses to God. And I, I think that we can all agree we've all given excuses from time to time. And some of us love to give excuses more than we like to give the truth a lot of times. And so uh, whether it's an excuse to get out of something that we don't want to do or uh, that person that asks you to hang out with them uh, and, they, and they just pet your cat backwards, right? Like we, we always give excuses for things that we don't want to do. For me, being completely transparent, I am always a little hesitant when someone asks me to help them move. Right? I've, I've boiled people down to two different categories. There's two different types of people in this world. And so as we go through this, think of, think of which category you fall into. Right? There's uh, two different kinds of people in this world. There's one, uh, there's movers that have an organized plan and an uh, action step and what they're going to do while they move. And then there's another group of, of people that uh, are unorganized movers with no plan at all. There's just a leaf in the wind, and those are the kind of people that stress me out. So maybe you fall into this category, and you're the organized mover, right? You have everything boxed up, you have everything ready to go, everything's boxed up besides the couch, and you ask people to help you move. You're, if, if you're this kind of person, you probably also feed your people uh, that, that come and help you move. And, and I want you to know, I appreciate you if, if you're that kind of person, right? I know that if, I, if I'm going into somebody's house and I'm helping them move uh, and, and they have boxes set up like this, it's going to be one to two hours max. And I can appreciate you if you're that kind of person, right? Hannah, my wife, is this kind of person. We moved here from Springfield. We graduated at Bible College in Springfield. And she had everything boxed up, everything ready to go. We had uh, eight or so people come and help us. And we were done uh, packing our U-Haul in 20 minutes tops, and it was amazing. It was incredible, beyond my standards, and uh, she's definitely my better half, and, and she is definitely the organizer of the relationship. But maybe you fall into this category, and you just are the most unorganized mover that there is, right? You're just a leaf in the wind. You don't care uh, if everything is packed. You don't care how the U-Haul looks. You're just like, ah, it'll get loaded whenever it gets loaded. And uh, you're also the person that probably expects the people that help you uh, to pack for you, right? And, and I want you to know, being completely transparent, these are the people that I struggle being around, right? Like, if you're going to ask me to help you move, I just want you to have everything packed and, and ready to go. So uh, for me, I'm, I'm more than likely going to give you some crazy excuses to why I couldn't help you move 
if, if, you're this, if I suspect that you're this kind of person, right? But the reality is, and my fear is, is that we do the same thing with God. My fear is, is that we make excuses when we know that God is calling us to something so much greater than ourselves. And today, we're going to look at the life of Moses. Moses is who I was talking about earlier, right? Moses was called by God to go, and Moses said no. And today, we're going to look at his excuses. Uh, and again, I, I, want, I want you to pay attention to how uh, me and you are just like Moses in this story. But before we get into this story, I want you to realize... Uh, I want you to realize not only how much we're like him, but I also want to give a quick overview of, of the setting to set uh, the story up so that you have a better understanding, right? Moses, he was a father to his father-in-law's sheep. He was a shepherd uh, to his father-in-law's sheep in the land of Canaan, right? And this, uh, this fact of him being a shepherd to his father-in-law's sheep is important, and we're going to look at that a little bit later, but while he was a shepherd, God appeared to Moses through the image of a burning bush, right? So Moses being a shepherd, I imagine that he saw some pretty crazy things in his life. He saw all the craziest uh, wildlife and, and thunderstorms and, uh, and animals, but he had never seen anything like a burning bush. He, he was so intrigued that he, walked over, uh, that he walked over to the burning bush and he hears God, as he gets closer to this burning bush, he hears God call him by name. And, and this is important because uh, God tells Moses that he's going to use Moses to fulfill God's great plan in his people, right? So God's chosen people are called the Israelites, and the Israelites are uh, held captive in the land of Egypt. The land of Egypt was not a good place for the Israelites. And so the Israelites were calling out to God, God, please save us. Please lead us out of captivity. We hate being here, right? And, and God hears their cries. And the way that he is going to fulfill this promise to the Israelites is through Moses. God made a promise that he would rescue God's chosen people, the Israelites, because of Moses. And so for Moses, this was no small task. This was a huge task. This wasn't a task of uh, leading 10 people out of captivity. This wasn't a task of leading 100 people out of captivity. No, this would have meant Moses was leading thousands and thousands of people out of captivity. And so immediately, we begin to see that Moses starts to give excuses. And again, I want you to notice how much we are like Moses in this story. And so his first excuse getting into this, is he says, I'm not adequate enough. Read with me in verse 11, uh, Exodus 3, uh, verse 11, it says, but Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? You see, for Moses, being a shepherd, that would have meant that he would have been at the bottom of the social status totem pole, right? He would have been at the bottom, but uh, going back to what I had talked about earlier, he was a shepherd to not only his own sheep, but his father-in-law's sheep. This was, uh, this was significant because that would have meant uh, that a normal shepherd would be at the bottom of the totem pole, but then Moses would have been one notch right below them, right? And this was significant because, uh, because I, would, I would assume that Moses' self-esteem being even lower than the normal standard of a shepherd would have been really low. I would have imagined that Moses had really low self-esteem in this moment. And so when God calls him and says that I'm going to use you to lead my people out of captivity, the first 
the first excuse is, is, he says, I'm not adequate enough. He says, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? And so maybe you can relate today. Maybe your self-esteem is at an all-time low. You've hit rock bottom, and you think, how in the world could God use me? I'm a nobody. All I do is sit behind a computer all day. I don't talk to a single person. How in the world could God use me? How in the world could God use me? I'm in the middle of a divorce. How in the world could God use me? My kids have turned their backs against me. I I have a rough relationship with my kids. I can't even lead my kids properly. How does God expect to use me? Right? And so we have this attitude of uh, of a low self-esteem and and how in the world could God use me? And and, uh, in verse 12 of of chapter 3, he says, God, God responds to Moses, and this is so powerful. Read with me. It says, I will be with you, and this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. He says, I will be with you. God assures Moses, I will be with you. And that same truth reigns true in our lives today. For you and I, we might feel insignificant. We might feel irrelevant, right? And, and, and we might have this attitude of how in the world could God use me? I have a rough marriage. My kids don't like me. I sit behind a computer all day. How in the world could God use me? But God has called you to something so much greater than yourself. And and this is so true. He says that I will be with you. The same promise that he gives to Moses is the same promise that he gives to us today. The God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. He's the God of today. And I want you to understand that truth, right? Like, not only does does God assure Moses that, he's, that he will be with, uh, with him through this uh, significant part of his life, but he's going to be with us through the high tops, through the low tops, right? This is such a profound truth. Joshua 1.9 says, This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If we believe that God is with us wherever we go and that he is who he says that he is, Does our life reflect that today? Think through that. Again, his first excuse is he says, I'm not adequate enough. Moses' second excuse is he says, I don't know enough, right? And maybe you can relate to Moses in this sense. You think, I, I just don't have enough knowledge. I didn't do too good in school. God couldn't use me because I just don't have enough knowledge. Read with me in verse 13. It says, but Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you. They will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? For many of us, we feel like we don't know enough, especially whenever it comes to our faith. We feel like we don't know enough about the Bible. We don't know enough about who Jesus is. And so one of the reasons that we're we're fearful of sharing our faith with others is because we're afraid that somebody's going to ask us a question that we don't know the answer to. And I want you to know that me being a pastor, I still, feel, I still fear this, right? I'm no different than you are. I'm a pastor and I still fear that people are going to ask a question that I just don't know the answer to. Because to be completely honest, I'm not the smartest in the Bible, right? And I discredit myself for not knowing enough. I didn't do too good in school. This is so significant that one of the reasons that we're fearful of sharing our faith is because we're afraid that... Uh, People are going to ask a question that we don't know the answer to. And I want you to know that Moses felt these feelings, right? Moses was a significant 
figure in the Old Testament, and Moses had these feelings of, what if they ask me a question that I just don't know the answer to? And, and I love God's response in verse 14. He says, it says, God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. Right? Nobody walks around today saying, I am who I am. It's a little weird, right? So, so let's talk about this for a second. It's a little confusing. Nobody walks around today saying, I am who I am. I am, I am, I am. I am who I am. Nobody says that, right? Let's be honest. But what I love about this verse is that it foreshadows the truth of Jesus found in the New Testament. There's a book in the New Testament called John, and it's one of the, uh, one of the four Gospels. It's the last Gospel in the New Testament. And there's seven I am statements for Jesus. And he says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the vine. For you and I, we can't worry that we don't have all the answers to life's toughest questions, that we don't have all the answers to faith, right? Because on this side of heaven, we won't have all the answers. I want you to be rest assured, you won't have all the answers to faith. You won't have all of the answers uh, to life's toughest decisions. But what I do know is that we have a God in heaven who loves us. And he, and he is the I am. Whenever we say that we aren't smart enough or that we don't know enough or that we're not adequate enough, God says, I am. I am adequate enough. I am smart enough. I am capable enough. And do you believe that today? Again, the second excuse that Moses gives is he says, I don't know enough. And maybe that's you today. The third excuse that Moses gives is he says, people won't take me seriously. And I can relate to Moses on this one right? Read with me in uh, chapter 4, verse 1. It says, but Moses protested again, what if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? And I feel that. Maybe you do too. I was almost kicked out of uh, the college that I graduated from. I discredited myself because I was fearful that people wouldn't take me seriously in ministry because of the way that I acted in college. I made some dumb decisions in, in Bible college, right? And, and I, had discredited, I had discredited myself so much that I was afraid that people weren't going to take me seriously. And it's bizarre to me that I'm standing in front of you today and I get to share with you what's been on my heart, but I don't stand here today because of who I am. I stand before you today humbly because of who God is and what He has done in my life. And so maybe, you t maybe today you feel... Uh, like you can relate to Moses. You feel like nobody will ever take you seriously in the workplace because they see the rough ends of who you are. They, they see the sin that, that you're so caught up in. They see the low points and they see the high points, but they say, why in the world would I listen to you? You're no different than I am. But I would challenge you, when you make yourself available to God, be amazed at what he can do. Moses wasn't perfect. Moses had so many problems with him, right? And he was at the bottom of the social status of the totem pole, right? He was, he was really discrediting himself from the beginning, and God still uses him to fulfill this great promise that God made to his people. And so how can God use you today when you make yourself available to him? The third excuse again is he says, people won't take me seriously. The fourth excuse is he says, I'm not good with words. This is me right here. This, I can relate to Moses right here. 
Read with me in verse 10. He says, Oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. A lot of, a lot of scholars believe that Moses had a legit speech impediment, right? That he really did struggle. He, he, did, get his, uh, he, he did get his tongue tied all the time, and he got his words tangled, and, and, he, and he messed up a lot. And for me, I do the same thing. I still, uh, to this day, struggle with... Uh, you know, word structure and, and putting sentences together, as, as dumb as that sounds, but, but I really do get my tongue tied. I, I really do get my tongue tied all the time. I, I slip up and say things that I shouldn't say. But how amazing is it that even though Moses had a speech impediment, even though Moses got tongue tied all the time, God still used him. And whatever, whatever go, is going on in your life, I want you to know that that same truth is true in your life. God can still use you, whether you get tongue-tied or you feel a sense of inadequacy or you feel like you're just not good enough. God can use you when you make yourself available to Him. And so what in your life do you believe is your biggest setback to God using you? No matter what it is, whatever it is, I challenge you, throw that aside, throw it away, and make yourself available because when, when Moses stopped making excuses, incredible things happened and God's truth played out in his life. Read with me in verse 11. Again, this is God's response to Moses whenever he says that he gets tongue-tied. He says, uh, this is God's response again. He says, Then the Lord asked Moses, Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Hear or do not hear? See or do, or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. I just love God's response to Moses, right? And I imagine that God was getting a little fed up with Moses in this moment. He had given four excuses. In this moment, he had given four excuses as to why he wasn't good enough uh, to fulfill God's promise to the Israelites. And I love his response. He says, I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. So his fourth excuse is, he says, I'm not good with words. And maybe you can relate to Moses in that sense. Moses' fifth excuse is, he says, I'm not willing. Read with me in chapter 4, verse 13. He says, but Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send someone else. After Moses had given his initial excuses, he had just caved in and he, and he had given up. And he's like, God, the root, the root excuse of, of, these, of all of the excuses that I've given is that I just don't want to do it. Why can't you just send somebody else? I'm not adequate enough. My words get tangled. I'm not, I'm not good enough. Why in the world would you want to use me? I'm just a shepherd to my father-in-law's sheep. How in the world could you use me? But here, we see that Moses revealed that the heart of the problem was the problem of the heart, right? His attitude was that of, I just don't want to do this. And that's usually our excuse, is that we just don't want to do what we want to do, right? We don't want to go help somebody move, or we don't want to hang, or we don't want to hang out with that person that pets our cat backwards, right? It's that, it's that idea of, I just don't want to do this. And so I challenge you today, what excuses are you making when God calls you? 
What excuses do you make when God calls you? We need to have a moment in our life when, when we surrender everything over to Him and trust and believe that God is who He says that He really is. All that God is waiting for you to do is say yes to Him today. To allow God to use you just how you are. God loves you just the way that you are. God wants to use you just the way that you are. There's this group uh, on YouTube, and they're called Yes Theory. And, they're, and they're this, uh, there's these guys, and they live in California, and, uh, and, they, and they vlog, and, and they set out on the world's craziest adventures. They travel the world, and, and their slogan is to seek discomfort. And my favorite video of them is, is uh, going to Venice Beach and asking a ton of different strangers if they'll drop everything that they're doing in the moment and saying yes to going skydiving. They have to uh, drop their plans for the entire day. And a lot of people didn't believe them, and they all said no. A lot of people said no. And then there was this one couple that stepped up and said, yes, I'll go. That sounds amazing, right? And at first, it sounds a little sketchy. I, I, I would be a little sketched out, but uh, my biggest bucket list dream is to go skydiving. So I, I would probably say yes. Um, but at the very end of this video, right, the, the, the guy, he says that that was the coolest experience that he has ever had. And it's all because he said yes. If he said no, he would have never been able to experience the adrenaline rush of jumping out of an airplane and, and, uh, and landing on, on this planet completely safe. I, oh man, I just have chills thinking about going skydiving. It's a dream of mine. I, I want to go so bad. Um, but... But the truth that I want to relate this to is that sometimes all we need to do is get out of our comfort zone and say yes to God. All we need to do is seek discomfort and say yes to God. Will you step out today? Will, will you step out today and make the decision to say yes to whatever God has planned for your life? I realize that all of us are on a different point in our spiritual journey. As we close out, I want us to think through what our next step is. I have three next steps. As we go through this, think of what yours is and apply it to your life this week. I really challenge you, don't just think about what it is, but apply it to your life. Maybe your first step is to just give your life to Jesus. This is single-handedly the most important decision that you will ever make, is, is surrendering your life over to the God who loved you enough to send his only son Jesus to die for you on the cross. You see, the good news of the gospel isn't achieved, but it's believed and received, right? We don't have to work our way to heaven. And many of us have this mindset that we have to be good so many times in order to enter heaven. But God says, all you have to do is believe and receive what has been done for you on the cross. Do you believe that today? God bankrupted heaven by sending his only son, Jesus, to die for you on the cross. Jesus lived a perfect life. He died on a cross, brutally beaten, bruised, bloody. And he died and he rose three days later. And that is the, that, that is the hope that we have today is that, is that Jesus didn't stay dead, but he rose three days later. And today, as a result, we're able to have a relationship with him. And and the, and, the, uh, and the decision is ours on what we're going to do with the person of Jesus, it, on, on if we're going to spend eternity with him or not. And so I challenge you today, maybe your first step is to just give your life to Jesus. Maybe your second, uh, this, this, the second next step 
uh, and maybe this is you today, is to just give up your plan for God's plan. You see, when Moses surrendered his life over to him, which you can read about uh, uh, in, in Exodus, um, it was so powerful because God used him in such a mighty, great way. And I challenge you, how can that reign true in your life? How can God use you when you make yourself available, when you give up your plan for God's plan? Many of us, we follow the blueprint that we have made for our lives because it's what we know, it's what's comfortable. Or we follow this blueprint that somebody else has made for our lives. I would challenge you, follow the blueprint that God has made for your life because it is the greatest blueprint that you could ever follow and His plan is always greater than our plan. The third next step is, is to stop making excuses. And maybe this is you today. Maybe you can relate to Moses. And you know that God has called you to a part of something so much greater than yourself, but you're just full of excuses. Craig Rochelle says that you can't make excuses and make a difference. That's so true, right? You can't make a difference in this world and still make excuses. And so what excuses are you making when God calls you? Think about what those excuses are. I challenge you, throw those away. Throw them away. And make yourself available for God to use you. And I guarantee that you'll be amazed at what God can do through you. Moses was a messed up man. He had a lot of different problems and God used him in a great way. How can God use you today? So what's your next step? What is your next step? Let me pray for you as, I cl as we close out. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity that we had to open up your word, to learn more about who you are and your love for us, God. I pray that we would stop making excuses, that we would make ourselves available to what you would have for our lives, that we would stop following our plan for our lives, but that we would surrender everything over to you. Give us the courage to do that this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. We would love to see you at one of our 9 or 10.30 a.m. worship services. We hope you have a great week.